I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. What makes a good gift? What makes a good gift? Is it the amount of money that is spent on the gift? Is it, uh, it, it, does it, does a good gift come from certain stores with certain names on them? You got the bag from that store and oh, that must be a good gift because that came from that store. Is a good gift one that is completely practical? <laughs> Here, honey, here's a screwdriver. Yeah. Or is it exactly what was asked for? You put out your list and there it is and I guess if you get what you got on your list and it makes you happy, great. Is that what makes a good gift? Or is a good gift one where there was thought put into it? For who was going to receive it and, and, and what it is that they may like or how the gift will communicate thought and love? I want you to watch a, a, a clip from a, a TV series. And think about what the, the gift that, the gifts that are given here communicate in this video. Uh, so Joey and Chandler are the two characters there. Obviously picked out gifts at the last minute, not only spent very little money on them, they put little, very little thought into those gifts. Now I'm sure that none of us here have ever done anything as blatantly as something like that. Maybe. I, I, I want to believe that nobody here has done something like that. But I would imagine that many of us have given gifts that had little meaning or maybe even little thought behind it. Just think of the last white elephant gift exchange you had or you participated in. Some of those gifts are like, what? What is this? I remember the choir over at Labish Center, they would have their, their gift exchange during Christmas time. And so the choir would come together and they have a little meal and there was always this big box gift, and everybody knew what it was. It was a bowling ball inside this box. <laughs> and so people were like, ah, I'm not getting that one. I know what that is. And I don't know how much thought was put into that. I think someone was trying to get rid of some things. And that's what kind of happens in those uh, gift exchanges sometimes. But this morning, <clears throat> we are continuing our series in Keeping Christ in Christmas. And last week we talked about how our culture was, has, has turned away from this being a celebration of Christ's birth and into just a time when we are out trying to get the best deals. And we talked about one of the ways to overcome this cultural slide that's evading the church was to truly worship Christ. Not just by showing up on the weekends to sing songs, but to worship Him through our obedience and our submission and through our sacrifice, like they did at the very first Christmas. But that's only the beginning. In order for us to continue to move in the direction away from the, this cultural slide, we also need to learn how to give differently and also to more thoughtfully, like Christ gave to us. Now, I know that there are people who are very thoughtful and give meaningful gifts and are, are sacrificial in their giving. Have you met my wife, Becky, lately? <laughs> She loves to give gifts, and she loves to have it meaningful and thoughtful. I'm, I benefit from that a lot, and she got the raw end of that deal, though, from me. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. But I want to urge those of you who do these things to keep doing them. Keep doing them. You're a blessing to many people. 
But for other people, Christmas has become a time when we buy and receive gifts with little thoughts at all behind why we give or about whom we are giving to. This is what our culture has turned into. While there are parties and and the get-togethers that go on uh, during this time of year, it doesn't seem to be the time of celebration that it should be. Christmas is a celebration about Jesus and the salvation that has come into the world through Him and the joy we get to experience because of Him. And it's a time of great joy. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 10, 11, and then 14, we see the angels come first to the shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus. They say to the frightened shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, a great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Then over verse 14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. So God's favor has come upon us in the form of his son being born in a manger. And this is good news of great joy. And and it's something to celebrate with people because it's for all the people. Christmas is a time when we should share the joy of what Christ has done for us by giving, sacrificing, loving, and celebrating in honor and recognition of the birth of Christ. But like many things, though, over time, the things that started out in a good way get corrupted by a sinful humanity, and it ends up bringing pain or stress and a lack of joy. So how do we get back to celebrating the birth of Christ in a way that is truly joyful and celebrates what has been done for us? It's going to require a change in the way we spend, and a change in how we give. So I want to begin today talking about our spending. (laughs) Don't don't worry, I'm not going to get into your checkbooks or anything like that. Hopefully it's not step on too many toes. But I want to say that the problem isn't necessarily our spending alone, but what we seek, what we are seeking to buy with our spending. What are you trying to buy with that? See, in our spending, we often spend to buy fulfillment and contentment. We often think if we had the newest iPhone or iPad or whatever gadget it is, bigger TV or whatever, then we we, we would be content. And often as we buy for others, we are breeding that same contentment through stuff attitude. Now, I'm not here to spoil anyone's plans. If you purchase those for a Christmas gift, great, that's fine. I'm not stepping on all that. It's not wrong to have those things or to enjoy them and and use them. It's just that we need to be cautious in what we are really seeking to buy in our spending. The Bible tells us that contentment and fulfillment come not from what we have, but from the Lord when we are in proper relationship with Him. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23, it says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. And Isaiah chapter 55, verse 2 says, Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. 
It's through a relationship that respects the Lord and listens to and obeys Him that we will find peace and contentment in life. We will never buy fulfillment and contentment, and we will never be able to give it to anyone by buying it for them. And when we do strive for that peace and contentment by buying things or by thinking we can give it, it will only increase our stress and leave us empty and anxious as we continually seek the latest and greatest thing to make us content. It's a never-ending search. Let's try a little test. Don't worry, you didn't have to study for this one. But what did you get last year for Christmas? What did you get last year? What? And don't have to tell us. But just think, what did you get last year for Christmas as a gift? Does anyone even remember the gifts they got? Maybe you did. Maybe there's something you're going, oh, yeah. Because maybe someone who was thoughtful and, and really caring brought a gift for you that made an impression. Well, if you do remember, it's still bringing you the same level. Let me ask you, is it still bringing the same level of happiness and contentment into your life as it did on Christmas Day last year? And maybe there are some that, yes. That temporary happiness, though, can fade quickly from some certain gifts that you just had to have. (laughs) And then it leaves us looking for the next thing to bring us that contentment. I can remember many times as a, as a kid when I got up for Christmas and I was ready for the gifts and I got down there and I got just what I wanted and I was so happy. And then as the days and months went on, those gifts kind of faded and I was looking forward to the next Christmas where I could just get what I wanted and I got what... And I forgot anything else from the last Christmas. It was just the cycle kept on going and going and going. Get what you want, use it, forget it. Get what you want, use it, forget it. But when we are worshiping Christ and not feeding the same spend and buy for contentment type of addiction that our society preaches, then we are moving forward and helping Christmas be the celebration that it was meant to be. Not that cycle of wish I had, I got it, I use it, forget it. So we worship Christ and we don't spend like we did before thinking we are going to be content by what we have. Do we just not spend anything at all then? Just forget it. I'm not going to buy any gifts. Not worth it. Or do we act like Scrooge? Do we, do we totally forego giving gifts? I don't think so. This isn't about not spending anything. This is about overcoming our tendency to seek to buy contentment with money. And as Christians, even as we spend differently in a wiser way, the Lord is calling us to give more as well. That's where I want to spend the rest of our time this morning. And I hope that, that during our time together, we'll learn how we can truly celebrate and give in a way that, that honors the Lord and helps us keep Christ in Christmas. And just as we looked at some of the characters of, of, of the Christmas story last week, to see how they worshipped the Lord, we're going to go back and look at some of those involved in the Christmas story to see how they gave as well. So if you haven't yet, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. 
verse 20, we're going to look at, and starting there. Last week we read about Joseph and his dream, an angel that said it was okay to take Mary as his wife after he found out she was pregnant, and so he worshipped by his obedience. Also in the story, we'll, we'll see how God gave to us. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. <clears throat> but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God came to be with us on this first Christmas. He gave his presence. And one way we can keep Christ in Christmas and get back to how Christmas was originally celebrated is to give fewer presents but give more presents. It was just, that phrase wouldn't make sense unless you read it behind me there. <laughs> give fewer presents, but give more presents. Jesus gave us his presence. We honor God as, as we give like Jesus gave, by giving our presence into people's lives. And even though I'm, I'm sure not many, if any of us, remember all of our gifts last year, we do remember the time we spent with people. So how do we give our presence in reality? Do we just show up, be there? Probably had a lot of family gatherings where people were just there, and that's all they did. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do and just show up, but let's think through how we can give more presence to those we care about this year. Think about our gift and our, our presence for people. Take, for instance... Um, the popular gift has been around for a while, though, the single-cup coffee makers, the Keurigs, that are around. Um, and also the boxes of the coffee for those makers are also popular gifts as well. You go to Costco and you see a whole pallet full of them everywhere. Do you think if you gave someone you care about a box of 24K cups for their single-serve coffee maker, they would remember that next year? <laughs> Probably not. But you're thinking, it's a practical gift. They drink coffee. They like this coffee. That would be nice. But what if that box of 24K cups came with a note that said, these are only to be used on the first Saturday of every month when you and I get together and enjoy some time together? Do you think they might remember that gift next year? That's the gift of presence, being there. It says, you are important in my life, and I want to be part of it. I bet it would probably be one of the best gifts you got if you received something like that. Or what if you gave your son a football or your daughter a Barbie or whatever, and with it came six coupons that could be redeemed anytime you were home to play with them. And yes, we still want to give gifts, but we want to give gifts to those who are close to us in a way that we can give them our presence, which is really and truly a gift to be cherished. But Justin gives Ricky a football, and he's there to be able to play catch with him whenever he wants. 
Things like that. Your kids might not remember the football or the Barbie, but the impact of your time with them will be a gift that will have effects into eternity. Give like Jesus gave and give more presents this Christmas. A second way we learn to give is through the story of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. We read about the Magi, we read about them last week, and we talked about how long their journey to, to worship the king of the Jews had taken. It took weeks or months for them to come and worship Jesus. We saw that when they arrived, Mary and Joseph was in a house, so we know it wasn't at the manger, and they did not arrive the, the night he was born. And the Magi presented gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh, but one of the gifts they gave was their time. They spent a long time coming to see and worship Jesus. Another way we can celebrate Christmas like it was originally celebrated, we can spend less money, but spend more time. Spend less money, but spend more time. So often we spend money so we don't have to spend time. Think about it. Going to the car wash versus washing your car. Now, some of you might say, no, 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 I'm not spending money on that. <laughs> but, but sometimes, though, on most part, well, we'll go ahead and spend the money so we don't have to spend the time to wash the car. Or Grubhub or DoorDash versus cooking a meal at home. We'll spend the money to be able to forego spending the time. We would rather spend money than spend our time because we often find time to be more valuable commodity than money. Now, we just talked about one way to spend more time, and that is through giving our presence. But there's also the gift of time in thinking about the person we're going to, uh, we're, we're giving to and how we can give gifts that are meaningful. So do you want a gift from someone who spent their time thinking how they might impress you? Or you want a gift from someone who spent no time, no time at all thinking of you at all and gave no money either, nothing in an envelope, anything. Or do you want a gift from someone who, uh, who thought about you and spent time putting something together that was meaningful, meaningful for you? It's those gifts that we remember and we look forward to. We, we have a gift exchange in our family. The, the Becky's parents and then her brother as well involved and we do a drawing. And so, so that we don't have to get all these gifts. So we buy a gift for that person that we drew. And I can remember so many times that we were like, oh, I hope I get Jerry Nauman. I hope I, so he can, he gets me so I can get a gift from him. Oh boy, oh boy. You know, he's very thoughtful in his gift giving. And those people like that probably in your life, that if there's a gift exchange, you hope that they drew your name so you can get a great gift that they're thinking about and they've put a lot of thought into it and everything else. So a gift and your time. Let's spend a little moment here on that. Uh, maybe uh, make a keepsake. Maybe make a keepsake. Maybe you can make some sort of remembrance keepsake for someone in your family, like a book or a video or with pictures and music or something like that. I remember the first couple of years here at Happy Valley, when I got here, there was a calendar that was created each year. And there was pictures. I was going to grab that and show it. But I still have, uh, I think I, I've received two of them, I believe. And it was, and then it kind of faded out. But pictures of different people in the congregation or moments that matched each of the months. And they put it all together and scrapbook kind of thing. 
and it was given out. And uh, well, to me, actually, I don't know if anybody else got them, but it seems like other calendars like that were being spread around. You can do that as well too these days, a little more digitally, and send it in, and uh, some online company will put it together for you, I suppose. But to be able to do something like that, a keepsake for somebody, that would be a memorable gift, a gift of your time as well. Or maybe you don't have a relationship such that you're going to make a, a keepsake book or something like that, but instead maybe you can bake some cookies, make some banana bread or something like that. Some of you are already doing things like that. I know I've had gifts in the past of homemade treats like pumpkin, pumpkin bread and cookies, um, they were delicious. I know that someone took the time to make them for me, and that's what made it special in that way. It's a story is told of a young missionary teacher in Africa who was teaching her class about why Christians give presents to each other on Christmas. She said, we give gifts to express our joy over the birth of Jesus and the salvation he brought and to celebrate the relationships we have with each other that his gift has made possible. When Christmas came, one of the boys in her class brought the teacher a seashell that was amazingly beautiful. Where did you get such a beautiful shell? The missionary asked, and she held this beautiful gift in her hands. The boy told her that there was only one spot that these shells could be found, and he named the place. The missionary knew that this place was quite a few miles away from the village that she was in, and that the only way the boy could get there was by walking. So the missionary was shocked and nearly speechless. She said, this is absolutely beautiful, but you shouldn't have walked all that way to get this shell for me. The boy's eyes brightened as he said, oh, the long walk, part of the gift. And I think we also, too, need to realize, too, that part of the walk should be part of that gift as well, too. The time we spend thinking about what someone would like and then spending time to make it or put something together is part of a gift. It's part of our time that will last much longer than a, a toy or an item that will be broken in a few weeks or discarded and not used in the next few months. Give more by spending your time making a thoughtful gift rather than just spending money. All right, so we... We're going to look at one final set of characters this week that we didn't look at last week. You can find it in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, and you can turn there. Chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. <clears throat> and we're going to see what we can learn from the shepherds and how they gave at the first Christmas. Luke, chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. When the angels had left them, Gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. We can get back to Christmas the way it was on, the, on this first Christmas as we reduce the gifts of stuff and share the gift of salvation. Reduce the gifts of stuff and share the gift of salvation. The shepherds spread the word about Jesus' birth 
and what the angels had, had told them. And if we are going to keep Christ in Christmas, and if Christmas is, is ever going to get back to primarily being a celebration of the birth of Christ, then we have to be giving like the shepherds and sharing the gift of salvation with people this Christmas, letting them, letting them know what Christ has done for you. And it's not necessarily getting your Bible out, turn it and shove it in their face and start preaching at them. It's how you respond in life's circumstances. It's how you convey God's love through your actions as well. Winning that opportunity to be able to talk with them, and share with them. And even as we gather with friends and family over the Christmas season and have conversations with, with others about what we're doing for Christmas, you can tell them that you're trying to give more presents this year. And they'll go, what? You'll be able to tell them what that means, actually. Maybe you're one of the few who are making more money this year. God bless you. And you're excited to be able to give more this year than you were in the past because you have the funds. Realize that it's not always about how much you spend, but how you give. When we can give the gift of our presence and when we can share the gift of God's presence as we share with them the reason for Jesus coming to this world, we honor God and celebrate Him because we are giving like He gave. He gave His presence to us on that first Christmas. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And even as you do give differently and spend differently, maybe you can continue to celebrate Christmas by helping us share this good news beyond our family and friends here. Be able to convey the good news out beyond these walls and this community in your own little community, your own little area, in your neighborhood, maybe your work area, wherever it might be. We want to help keep Christ in Christmas, not only in our, in our families, but to see His name exalted and His kingdom expanded around the world. Are there missionaries that you support in some way? Maybe you could encourage them with a thoughtful Christmas gift as they share the good news in their area of the world or, or during their travels in the United States as they raise support to get back to their mission field. You could encourage them in a tangible way this Christmas as then they share the gospel. There's a lot of ways to be able to share the gospel and the good news. Equip those who do or help yourself be able to have the opportunity and privilege to be able to share the gospel with somebody. But be praying about how you might be a part of sharing Christ's love. We did it in a tangible way when we collected the, uh, the hygiene items in the boxes, be able to give those out, and they were delivered to Wichita Center. Very appreciative as well, too. And there, that's not it. There's plenty of other opportunities and ways to be able to do that as well, too. It's not very hard to find those, those uh, opportunities to share Christ's love in tangible ways. So this Christmas... Even as you may have more available to spend than in years past, <laughs> maybe. Don't just buy more stuff or more expensive stuff. But give what is truly valuable. Give more presence. P-R-E-C-S-E-N-C-E. -E. Uh, be able to give your presence, both your own presence to those you care about, along with sharing the presence of God as well and the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. We have those opportunities. And maybe those opportunities are within your family gatherings too. 
And so in those opportunities you have, you can show Christ's love to those around you. There's opportunities all around us. Maybe, may we be ready to be used by God in whatever way to bring the presence of God in people's lives as well. Because they need that peace in their life. And that's the only peace <laughs> that's going to satisfy is God's presence in their life. Now the worship team come on up. They're going to lead us in the last couple songs. And as they do, just be reminded of God's love for you and again, His, His purpose coming to this earth to provide that way to heaven for us. And, and once we have received that ourselves, it's our privilege to be able to let others know what God has done for us. Let it be during this Christmas time opportunity to be able to share the presence of God to others around us and let them know that God is near, wants a relationship with them. May you have those opportunities specifically this week, this week, as you go about your, your tasks and your, your responsibilities. Help us to be available. God, help us to be available whenever we need to be used by Him. Keep yourselves willing and available for God in that way. Well, remember, you'll be able to keep Christ in Christmas. Give of your presence more than giving presents. <laughs> give of your presence. And also, too, be able to give of God's presence in the way of giving your time. Those around you and the gifts that you give. I trust that during this time of year, then this Christmas time, where gift giving is, is, is changed back and forth, will be more memorable than the years before. And also, too, remember... During this time of year, God loves you as if you were the only person in all the world to love. Keep that in mind as you go through these days. God bless you. Thank you for coming today.